Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. This week, <laughs> we are here to discuss <laughs> two network dramas. Some choices NBC in particular has made. Yes. Yes. This is the NBC What Have You Done episode. <laughs> what a spinoff. It's a good one. You know, it NBC is. has really done some shit over the years. I have some general NBC thoughts to wrap up this discussion. Oh. But it sure does. That's very intriguing. Mm. It sounds very bearing the lead there. and thought through. <laughs> As if I didn't just fast forward through an entire episode. Uh-huh. For this. <laughs> um, so first we are going to talk about two random episodes of the dead NBC show Night Shift. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> and then we are going to talk about a current NBC show, Manifest. <laughs> A show that I, honest to God, thought I had seen <laughs> up until it started playing because I had heard so many things about this pilot. It's, it's, <sighs> you know, yeah. it's a show that got made. I'll say <laughs> it's that. a show. I'll say that. That got made. I okay. I will go on a limb and say that this whole episode may be brought to you by the religious right, but we'll get to that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Television and these are modern times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, diving right in, let's start with the night shift episode titled Land of the Free. <laughs> Land of the Free. So this is season four, episode nine. And one night, many moons ago, Kelsey just like sent me a message on Slack and was like, watch this random episode of a random show and then we'll never talk about it ever again. (laughs) It was so bonkers when I was watching it. I was like, I can't not have Kirsty watch this. Did you just like come across it while like channel surfing? No. So I've seen every episode of the show. Oh, you told me this before. Remember? God, that's yeah. wild. That's just fucking wild. So I used to, like, pick a summer show, like, a bad summer show every summer and decided, like, that's what I was going to watch. And it was, like, I used to watch a cop show that had Ephraim in it from Everwood because every episode no was way. an Everwood episode. Yeah. This is now an Everwood podcast. Yeah. So I watched that for a while. And that got canceled. So then I transitioned into Night Shift. So, like... I had a show every summer that was trash, and... (laughs) Can I just take this moment to pour one out for our favorite summer show? (laughs) Downward Dog! (laughs) Downward Dog. Pour one out for Downward Dog, my friends. (laughs) What a trash show for a trash dog. Hashtag trash dog. (laughs) Anyway, so that's how I came upon this show. Gotcha. And I was way behind... I think by the time I was watching this, because it was recent, and it was on Netflix, but it was just out of control. And the show was never good, but it this was like a new level. This doesn't seem like your jam. But, m- like, medical dramas are my jam. But this is not so much like, well, we'll get into it, but it's not so much a medical drama... Yeah, but there were two people who fell in love, and that's my only requirement for any content. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I have uh, one brand. Yeah. So we're going to talk about episode season four, episode nine, Land of the yeah. Free. But then, for reasons, I don't know if you did, but I also watched episode ten. Yep. The final episode. Yep. Because the show got hella, hella canceled. Yeah, it was like a very unceremonious finale. Yeah. 
I I get the feeling they probably didn't know they were getting hella canceled. No. <laughs> but they just mega super got fucking canceled. Yeah. So, yeah. since it's been a while since we watched Land of the Free, I was going to do, like, the Cliff's Notes version, because we really need to get into the finale, I think, because that's yes. fresher yeah, yeah. in our brains. Yeah. So, I just went back and fast-forwarded through it to pull mm. out the highlights for us, and it's- Like you do. Most- mostly centered around a, uh, issue with ICE and detention centers- there's, like, a, a disease outbreak. Oh, we should preface this. This is about a hospital in San Antonio. <laughs> it's a hospital in San Antonio where, like, some number of the staff are, like, former military folks. Yeah. And so it's the like whole a... hospital has become, like, a paramilitary outfit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, which just gives them a lot of material to work with all the time. So much material. I don't so know what it was much. like in season one, but I it basically seems like from these two episodes, they made it a military hospital so that, like, random war zone adjacent shit can happen in San Antonio every week. Yes, correct. And then, like, you can have people with PTSD and, like, war injuries on the side when it's a, like, right, right, right. Low, slower time. Very casual. And you can ship people off to Syria constantly. Yeah, they go to Syria a lot, don't they? A lot. A lot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a disease at a detention center, and they find out well, there's, there's a woman. No. No. What? There's a, like, no? some sort of shooting in a detention center, or a stabbing or something. There's some unrest. And then they find this lady who isn't getting proper treatment, uh, so they fake that there's a measles outbreak to get the people to the hospital. Is. You were giving that's them too much is. credit, right. Kirstie. I was. You're right. So then it becomes, like, the several patients are, like, the people who aren't really sick, but who they're keeping there, like, this small child. The, uh, the ICE agent who's, like, um, I'm the good guy here. Like, don't be mad at me, verbatim lines that were said. Quote, uh-huh. don't get all PC on me, doc. <laughs> yep. Um... And then the guy who caused the altercation gets free and gets up in the vents, and then there's, like, a, a like, threat in the hospital, and then they close off certain floors to find that guy, and then their ex-doctor was working for the cartel. There's a surprise engagement. They decide they're going to do combat training there. And on top of all that... There is an unbelievable exchange following talking to the ICE agent where they suggest that being gay and being of a certain race are the same. I forgot that scene. Oh my God. Quote, you had a closet. These people don't. No, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh no! Uh-huh. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, no. Yeah, this is a show that like it like really fucking gets off on tokenizing. Is all I was gonna say. It so does. They have this whole conversation with that agent, and he's like, "I'm one of the good guys." Like. These people coming in the wrong way are what make people afraid of me. And then they have a sidebar with the white guy and the black guy. And he's like, well, I'm of a different race. And, like, I knew I had to work harder. And he goes, well, now you're bringing race into it. And he goes, you had a closet. These people don't. No. No. That was... The exact moment that I texted Kirsty. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I try not to, like, assume too much about the intentions of, you know, showrunners or casting or whoever. Because, like, I don't want to, like, split hairs over representation and blah, 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 blah. But this is 
a thousand percent a show where you can look at every single character and see like the checklist. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, we need a gay person, but that gay person should be white. Yeah. And then we definitely need a black person and we need a Native American and we need like, you know, down the list we go. Yeah. We need a woman doctor. But <laughs> she also had to be, be white. white. Yeah. The heroes are white. Yeah. Make no mistake about that. No. And Ugh. the Mexicans are still the enemy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? This was oh made in God. 2018. I just want to be super clear. Yes. This is not this old is, content. No, this is content of this modern moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you want to shift Ooh. into the finale? Um, yeah, let's do that. Note. Let's do that. So they, they'd set up this, like, combat medic training that's based out of the hospital. Yeah. For reasons. It, it was, like, because part of a military bid, and they, like, bid yeah. the government. And so in this episode, they've, like, started the combat training. And yeah. then somehow in the middle of this, a shooting at a college breaks out. Uh-huh. And there's, like, multiple shooters, and they're all dressed like police officers, so no one knows who the actual shooters are. Should we talk about why there was a shooting? Why was there a shooting? Um, because the commencement speaker was conservative. Oh. hmm Oh. Was that that weird white guy who had the fertility problems? No, it was the guy who got shot. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Um so yeah. <laughs> we so we have there so there's a white hero doctor, Ob, who yeah. goes by TC. Yeah. Which is a choice. TC Callahan because sure. TC Callahan. <laughs> and then there's a white hero lady doctor. Yeah. And then there's like young black doctor. Yeah, the one who, who brought race this... into it. Yes. He's the son of the, like, CEO of the hospital. Yep. I guess. And yep. then there's a resident who is, she's like Heather from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, basically. Um, I'm going to drink twice, but I believe you. Yeah, she, she is. She's like, she's April from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's, like, bitter about her life for reasons that I assume I would know if I watched the season. Eh, only a little. <laughs> and then there's, like, two other people who are maybe nurses, and they're the ones who got engaged. It's the CEO's daughter and a male nurse, because that's different. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. And yeah. then there's the gay one. Is he a doctor? Yeah. The gay one is married to another gay one who looks almost identical, yes. They look exactly identical. I had no <laughs> yes. idea what was happening in, in yes. that final scene there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's just so much there. And and the the husband is like a, a cop or something? He's like He's a more, ranger. more military, but He's still a, military a doctor. Thing. Oh, they're both doctors. Yeah. But at the hospital. No, he left the hospital. Okay. So he's, like, now a ranger, doctor, whatever the fuck that means, yeah. Okay, and then the gay one is still a doctor for now. I mean, they're both gay. (laughs) (laughs) You see the problem with this show. Um, So, anywho, so, white hero doctor and uh, one of the other women, maybe, someone, goes to this shooting at the college with Mm -hmm. a bunch of the um like new recruit people from this training yeah and then young black doctor stays with the resident chick and they take care of a rando who has an unrelated health disorder but it's Paige from the americans and what the fuck is she doing there she's better than this (laughs) i'm disappointed you were so alarmed I'm so alarmed. Like, girl, like, just, I don't know. You must be getting enough money. You don't need to work on NBC dramas on their series finale. (laughs) 
She also, like, just leaves halfway through the episode, and they're like, that story's done now. (laughs) It's really funny. So the thing that was really interesting to me, um, like, format-wise, is they've got, like, you know, like any any show, there's, like, the big arc for the episode and then, like, the side plots. Mm -hmm. And in both this one and the last one, there was, like, the big scary one. So, like, in this one, it's the shooting, and TC has to go and, like, keep everyone from dying. And yeah. the the little plot was young black doctor and resident chick with an unrelated side character with, like, a less serious diagnosis. So is that, like, their role the whole time is, like, we're just always going to have quiet moments in side rooms? Those characters specifically? Yeah. 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 Like, mostly. They get, like, one special episode a season. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know why the gay one was there, like, what he was doing. He just seemed to kind of, like, mope around at the end of the episode because he also wanted to be in the military, I guess. They were all having, like, identity crisis yes. situations. Um, so anyway, everyone runs around, people yell at each other for doing military stuff bad, a lot of people get shot, and then eventually they, like, get all the ambulances to the hospital, and then everybody reunites. And then, out of the clear blue fucking sky, there's a time jump, and, because, like, every episode is, like, the night shift at the ER, so there's time stamps. Yeah. And so we're going through the time stamps, and it's, like, 10.30 p.m., and lady hero doctors like being mopey about stuff and then there's this really weird cut and then they're at an engagement party that was that night what but like did it start at midnight unclear but they talked about planning the party that or day it's it, it was like, like they, in recent time yes yeah because it had just been like ten thirty at night mm-hmm Like, did they, where are they finding a venue that can accommodate these doctors' work schedules? They have had a few episodes where they all go out to, like, breakfast parties. That makes sense. Which is a whole thing. I don't, I, I'm not helping this explanation. (laughs) No, this very much seemed like a nighttime party because everyone was wearing formal wear and the venue was dark and everyone was drinking Mm -hmm. lots of alcohol and dancing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a toast, which we spend a lot of time on. A lot of time. That's so loaded. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's, like, a lot of plot wrapped up in this and, like, very pointed stares. Oh, my God. There's this whole thing that goes on for, like, three scenes because TC has this, like, side chick that he met in Syria. Yeah. And, like, he and Lady Hero Doctor were, like, maybe a thing at one point. They were definitely a thing. And he was supposed to go back to Syria, but he keeps putting it off. And so then she and him start talking about Syria versus San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, San Antonio still needs you. And he's like, but (laughs) Syria needs me more. And she's like, there's people in San Antonio who need you. And they just do that for like three scenes. (laughs) It's like straight out of Hallmark. (laughs) (laughs) It's Snowden so... Peak needs you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then like yeah. young black doctor who like is apparently a rich kid and like mm-hmm. is is like feeling unsure of his own potential, then he just like spontaneously up and goes to Syria. Yeah, they're like, we just all played musical chairs and it was fine. Yeah, yeah, White Hero Doctor's like, I just stayed here to do more training because I wasn't ready to leave San Antonio. <laughs> wink, <laughs> dot, wink. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and then Young Black Doctor sends his dad a text and is like, I didn't actually go back to wherever the resident chick was going. Dot, right. dot, dot. <laughs> like, because that's how you tell your dad that you're in the military in Syria now. Right. Right. It's fine. And then the hospital gets the contract to be a full-time military hospital. Mm-hmm. And then the, the military guy is like, we're going to open more hospitals like this. Yeah. Yeah. Two side plots that we missed. Oh. Um, <laughs> the man who decided to tell everyone that he wanted to have kids and then found out he couldn't have kids oh my God. conveniently for no reason. <laughs> Literally, 
like <laughs> in the same two in the same exchange of dialogue. So he's just been like shot or something. Yeah. And they're in a classroom with the worst like lockdown protocol I've ever seen. And these people are supposed <laughs> to be in the fucking military. Right. Um and so they have him on an exam table because he's been shot. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm glad I didn't die because, like, my wife and I are cool. And then he's just, like, rambling on about how they want to have kids. And then he's like, oh, and my testicles hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, that's because your testicles got stepped on. And you might be infertile. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, like, three scenes later, they're like, yep, definitely infertile. <laughs> But it was, like, so low stakes for, like, the entire purpose of the show that it was like, sure, this is plot, 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 plot. (laughs) Well, and then they all gather around him and give him a speech about how he actually has thousands of children. Because the gay guy has to tell him about how he adopted a child and how that's the same. That's (laughs) Just just to (laughs) make sure everyone knows how open we are on NBC. And that's right before the gay one has, like, an identity crisis where he also joins the military for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because his husband is in the military. Well, like, his husband's in the military, so he's like, I should also. And then he he doesn't think he, like, can, and his husband gives him this whole speech where it's like, if you don't join the military, it's not because I told you not to. Yeah. Yeah. So then he joins the military, and in the final montage where that the... um, speech the engagement speech is like voiced over you see him doing really bad at the military yeah (laughs) that was like the saddest way to end this show (laughs) he's laying in like a puddle of mud and the medics are coming to get him because he like couldn't do boot camp (laughs) i mean it was like a good picture of me doing one crossfit class (laughs) that could relate fair the other thing I wanted to point out, just because NBC has is so subtle, is that the shooter was a woman. Shocking to all of oh, us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was where it got really confusing in terms of NBC's motives. Yeah. Because she's, like, a radical, like, right-winger. No, she's of. a radical... Not really. Well, see, that's where it's confusing, because she starts off seeming like she is, and then she starts spouting off all this, like, you know, pseudo-liberal talking points. Like, I, they try to give her morphine, and she's like, how can I worry about my own pain when, like, the minorities of this country, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dot, 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 Mm -hmm. my pain is nothing compared to what happened on the last episode of this show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) true that yeah 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 it gets really weird Uh uh-huh there's this whole thing where she has like a team of shooters and they all impersonate cops with backwards numbers on their badges and so they're like tell all the officers to roll up their left sleeves but don't say it on the radio do it by word of mouth and i was like if you can't tell the difference (laughs) right you're just going right. to look at every rando in a cop uniform and be like, roll up your sleeve. What? It's casual. So yeah. casual. It's very casual. Yeah. So that's the night shift. It's a really good show. I want to watch more of it. Oh my God. Are there early seasons this wild or did they just save it for the end? It definitely got more wild as they got more desperate. Yeah, fair it enough. It started off very like... Grey's Anatomy light, and it turned into this. What was the, like, because it was always somewhat military-based. It's in the theme. Yes. So what was the, like, military involvement early on? It was that Jordan had, like, just come back from the military, whatever her, like, overseas service was, and then TC had, like, PTSD but they ah. were, like, a thing, and then they weren't a thing, and then they were a thing. So that was, like, mostly all of it for a long gotcha. time. That sounds really boring. Um. Well, I told you I had a very low bar. <laughs> yes, that's fair. <laughs> well, yeah. from, thing- from your low bars to mine, 
<laughs> it definitely got more delightful in how wild it was as it went on. Yeah. That's fair. So if you want a good um, hate watch, it's all on Netflix. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's fucking wild. Wild. Absolutely fucking wild. Um, speaking of wild. Um, yeah, so we are, we are gonna talk about this show. Um, and this show is Manifest. Sorry, I'm a little distracted because I'm on the Manifest Twitter. And I'm watching this, like, insane clip from the finale. Oh, no. And I just, I have so many questions. Was this the finale we should have watched? The finale we should have watched. I have some regrets. It's fucking wild. Okay. Sorry. Um, It looped back to the beginning, so now I can focus again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's wild. This show is so wild. Oh, my God. They did an International Women's Day tweet. Oh, no, 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 no. Yep. It's a picture of a bunch of the ladies from the show. And it says, happy International Women's Day. We cannot forget the beautiful, strong, yet vulnerable women who are a part of this incredible show. Wow, 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 Oh, there's another one. No, no. We're Whoa. celebrating International Women's Day 2019 with the powerful oh women of Manifest. Show us oh the women God. who inspire you in the replies. If you are the social media manager of it at NBC who's working on this show, call me. I need to save you. (laughs) Uh, You haven't seen this episode yet, so you won't get it. But there's a tweet that says reminder. And then there's a gif of this one moment in one of the episodes that's, like, really important. But it's the kid looking out the window in the middle of the plane going through the space-time continuum. And it says... Oh, so he's still alive. Okay. uh, It's a whole thing. It says, it's all connected. And it's like, yo, Manifest, you don't have to fucking remind me. Since you say it every episode. Okay, anyway. <laughs> let's talk about the show. I've bashed their Twitter enough. Do you want me to go through the rundown? Do you remember it? Do you want me to do the recap? You can do the recap. I feel like I talked a lot in the first first part. Okay. <laughs> I'll leave my color commentary for later. Uh, <laughs> so, it opens on a family at the airport. And some of them decide to take a later flight to get $400 a person. Then there's a plane storm. Then it's five and a half years later. It's reunion time. Mom is dead. Uh, This chick is hearing voices. And we find out she has a cop job of some sort. She's hearing voices some more. Um, She's saving a little kid from getting hit by a bus. And then she has a chat with her brother about not telling people about the voices because they're going to ask questions. Um, Her nephew has cancer, and conveniently, the pediatric cancer researcher was on the same plane as them, and she made a treatment for the kid that now works, so there's, like, a side plot about that. Um, She's, like, possessed with the voices about freeing dogs for a while, Uh, We find out she was not guilty of some sort of casual murder situation. Um, More clinical trial stuff. We learn that 828 is an important number for reasons. Because of flight 828, and then the dogs were in 828, like, as an address. And then we find out that she's actually... (laughs) She's actually going to find the missing children that were in the place with the dogs and set them free... Uh, and then we find out her brother's wife has a side piece. Uh, she asks a priest if she can take a Bible for some reason. Uh, then they show all the people uh, feeling physical pain because they're being summoned by the Lord. And then the plane explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Not only does the plane explode, but they are all feeling pain from their summons from the Lord because they have to go to the airport to look at the plane. Yeah, yeah, and once yeah. they all arrive at the plane, yeah. the plane explodes. It kind of reminded me of Burlington International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> the security is about the same, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, they get awfully close to that government-protected mystery plane. Mm-hmm. Right before it explodes. Yeah, no one thought to, like, put it in a hangar. They were like, sure. No, it can just sit out there. Yeah. <sighs> so, I have seen six or seven episodes Wow! Wow! of this show. You've seen six or seven episodes of this show and you still haven't watched a single episode of Schitt's Creek. Correct. I'm going to shame you forever. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed you didn't acknowledge my article that I sent you. (laughs) I was busy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Sure, 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 sure. (laughs) I watched Everwood eventually. I know, but I don't want to wait that long. (laughs) I have so many things to say. Um, so... So I watched like six or seven episodes of the show, and yep. this is a classic network drama, mm-hmm. especially in a post-lost television landscape, where mm-hmm. in the sense that it makes an infinitely better pilot than it does an actual show. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it has spent the time that I've watched it just like spinning its fucking wheels trying to figure out how how to make it all connected like i assume every episode like they hear the voices they have to achieve a task because of the voices and then there's like some side plot about the kid or the wife or whatever basically yeah Yeah. so they're they come around to calling it the calling and (laughs) there's different iterations of the calling and different combinations of people get it but they're always trying to figure out what it's calling them to do. And sometimes it's just like a one-off task, but most of the time it's all connected. And um, it like is leading them to uncovering different parts of the mystery. And so like long story short, there's like some human trafficking involved. There's potentially a government conspiracy because there always is. Um. And there's, like, a lot of God stuff. A lot! Like, so much. So, and it it just gets more. I think they the were really The show opened with her that, mom being like, well, you know my favorite verse. Yeah, I think they were concerned like, that between that and her picking up a Bible in the pilot, you might not get it. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole episode <laughs> where the calling is just an angel. And they all think no. that the angel is trying to tell them something in particular, but then it turns out that the angel is just a statue, and they were all supposed to meet at the statue. Okay. <coughs> but they didn't... Oh my god, I'm dying. Hold on. Oh god. <sighs> but they didn't get it right away, because mm-hmm. they just, like, don't understand the calling. Um, <laughs> there's also a bunch of passengers that are still missing... And so that's what leads them to realize that there's a government conspiracy, but it's, like, different branches of the government. So now they're, like, Department of Homeland Security is fighting with some other part of the government to figure out what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And she she keeps dragging. You forgot about the part where she was um, engaged when she got on the plane? Yeah. Yeah. And when she got off the plane five years later, he was engaged to her best friend. Oh, I didn't know it was her best friend. Or had, like, married her best friend. How did you miss yeah. that? They spent a lot of time on that. I don't know. I was, like, trying to set up for the podcast. I may have missed a scene or two. It's okay. <laughs> they spend a lot of time on it. Anyway, um, she drags him into a bunch of shit and gets him in trouble because he's, like, kind of a higher up in their precinct. Mm-hmm. Um, does she like bone down with her brother? (laughs) I just got some weird vibes. There are a lot of weird vibes. They don't bone down. But like they Um, could bone down. They, it, it reminds me in that sense a little bit of that uh, Folgers commercial that plays at Christmas time where the brother (laughs) comes home from like Peace Corps or some shit and Mm. he's like, in the kitchen making Folgers and the sister comes down and like puts the bow on him. And she's like, you're my present this year. Oh, I'm alarmed. (laughs) You've never seen that commercial. 
I don't know that I have or haven't, but if I did, I probably read it the wrong way. <laughs> you know, they're brother and sister. Anyway, there's some weird vibes here. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, thought it was note. her brother-in-law for a long time. And then no, I, like, finally yeah. put it together that they were related. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Once Upon a Time, which is a very, oh. very good hate watch. Yeah, we've watched some of that before this podcast existed. Did you watch some of that, too? You, like, forced me to watch, like, six episodes. No shit. Uh-huh. That's awesome. When you were living at your mom's house, and we sat in your room and watched them all back to back. That sounds amazing. It was pretty good. <laughs> Are you, like, impressed with yourself? <laughs> I am. So That's a neat trick. Anywho. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh, yeah. I was watching an episode of this um, the other day. It was the last time I watched it. Um, and it was the episode that was, like, mostly focused on the missing passengers. Oh, a bunch of passengers also get mysteriously murdered. That happens, too. Cool. Um, it's like anytime they speak out publicly about what they know, they get killed off. Oh. Um, so there's an episode about the missing passengers where Cal, who's the little boy with cancer, he's like yeah. somehow connected to a bunch of the passengers, like mentally, like they share brainwaves. And so like in this episode, he's connected to a passenger who's at this torture center that okay. some mysterious agency runs. Sure. And that, that's where, like, the passengers from the flight are being kept. And mm. so he ends up in the hospital because they think he's hallucinating and, like, has an infection. But really he's, like, ha he's having the same experience as the guy in the tortured place. Yeah. And so there's this whole thing about whether or not they should put him on antibiotics. But if they do, it would remove him from the cancer study. Mm. Um, which would be bad. Right. Um, and so there's marital drama and it's a whole thing. Anywho, um, I was watching that episode, which is largely focused on, like, the secret government facility and the protagonist chick, like, uncovering this information about this, like, sketchy mega corporation called Unified Dynamic Systems. Ooh. Which is, like, a military contractor. Mm-hmm. And... She figures out it's all connected to the flight somehow and that it's a government cover-up. And then um, the brother, like, goes to the Department of Homeland Security and tries to threaten a bunch of people. And that's how Department of Homeland Security finds out there's another government agency involved. Anyway, I had a really <laughs> hard time watching it. And as it turns out, gover like, deep state government conspiracy television isn't as fun as it used to be. <laughs> Weird. It's, like, kind of hard to watch this show right now. Mm. And I'm really bummed about it, because there's some shit here. There sure is. Yeah, no, I was like, you just had to go and drag the deep state into it, didn't you? Mm -hmm. NBC. <laughs> oh, NBC. Um, I also want to read you a paragraph. Okay. From a recap of some episode of this show. I don't know oh which boy. episode number, but it was an episode that aired in January. <laughs> episode 828? Eight eight. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it says, If the world was just and fair, last night would have been the season finale of NBC's inexplicable hit, Manifest. Sadly, we live in the timeline where Donald Trump is president and The Masked Singer is the biggest show on television. So, in October, NBC cursed us with three more episodes this season. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I know there's a certain type of person on my Facebook feed who really likes this show. This show has, like, blown up. But they're it's all... Like... wrong. <laughs> yes. Um, They're all not people who I share political beliefs with. <laughs> 100% of them. Clicked through to another article. 
and the URL as it was loading popped up and it just said, manifest Jared Michaela have sex. And I was like, nope. Oh! Nope. No, thank you. Is that what I was talking about? Uh, Jared is her fiance. Oh, fuck. I thought it was her brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is and a I was like, I'm not theme. alone. I'm not alone. No. Um, um, I feel like they didn't do enough work to show that, like, five and a half years is enough time that you might not know how to operate an iPhone anymore, or, like, things would be a little different in some way. They really didn't put any time into imagining what the world is going to look like five years from now. Well, it was supposed to be 2013 to 2018. I see. So that they didn't have to be, like, futuristic? Yeah. 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 But, like, they also didn't try to be, like, this was the technology in 2013, because it was, like, a little different. Like, Snapchat was barely a thing. Yep. You could have done something to make it topical. Yeah, I think the most they did with it was, like... Actually, I don't know that they did anything much with it. They didn't do anything. And also, yeah. like, where's all her shit? She's like, I don't have a home. And it's like, well, but someone, uh, like, packed fiance... up your stuff and put it somewhere, right? No, he, like, sold it all. Or, like, oh. trashed it all. He, like, got rid of it. Because he got awkward. stuck having to, like, <laughs> get rid of her apartment. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's episode two, but there's, like, a whole episode where they deal with her best friend and her fiancé and their, like, grief uh, after they the plane disappeared. That was definitely not this episode. Yeah. Um, Because it's at the same time that... uh, I'm just going to call him the prince, because he's a prince in Once Upon a Time. But (laughs) the prince (laughs) finds out about his wife's side piece. Mm. And he gets all weird about it, because he keeps trying to be like, I know five years have passed, so I'm not surprised you moved on with your life. I'm just disappointed that you lied to me about it. And then it's all about, like, her grief. Oh, boy. And also, like, the little boy has a twin, but the twin is now, like, 15. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff about her. And, you know, I now that I think about it, I haven't seen her in, like, four episodes. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know what they did with her. <laughs> God. Um. Anywho, so that's where all of her shit went. But, yeah, mm. they they sort of, like pair people up and then like make awkward jokes throughout about like random pop culture stuff that's happened yeah but it it otherwise yeah they don't do anything to like prove to you that time has marched on it's just fascinating is this like secretly our jane the virgin preview episode about thinking that you're never gonna see someone again and having them reappear in your life Just curious. Oh, no. When you were talking about everyone's grief, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I do think that's, like, the set of feelings that this show is trying to tap into. But it's not the same. It's not the same. I mean, for one thing, they never, like, well, you know, since they start with the reunion, it's not like they've done the work. (laughs) <laughs> no one ever sat with Alba and learned Spanish. <sighs> oh my god. Oh my god. I know. This is not this episode of the podcast, but I just had a flashback, and we're only a couple weeks away <laughs> from the next episode coming, and it's all hitting me right now. It's the closest I've ever gotten Kirstie to cry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I... Oh, no. Oh, no! You're hearing it happen in real time. I just realized everything we're going to have to deal with when Uh it premieres. Uh (sighs) Uh-huh. To be clear, I'm feeling more in this one moment, which refers to one single scene Mm -hmm. in Jane the Virgin, Mm -hmm. than I have Mm -hmm. in the entire seven episodes of the show that's supposed to be painstakingly walking you through the disaster that's been wrought on all of these people's lives after this plane mm-hmm. incident. Yes. <laughs> so, maybe that's a good time for me to transition to my 
closing argument. Okay. Can we take a minute to talk about the apparent dichotomy of NBC drama versus NBC comedy? Tell me more. Well, because NBC comedy, for a fair amount of time, let's say ten years at least, Uh probably longer, has been, like, relatively open and Mm -hmm. nice. Like, it's the Mm -hmm. home of Mike Schur. They just, like, if I think about the, like, broadcast comedy landscape, there's, like, CBS that's putting out, like, Two and a Half Men and, like, similar garbage that's, Mm -hmm. like, really lowbrow, and then NBC's, like, up a little bit higher, like, putting some things out there that are good for the world. Yeah. But then, like, we see these two dramas that are so bad for the world. (laughs) Like, they're not purporting a nice worldview. No, this is a very bad worldview. This is a worldview of, like, the military-industrial complex and... Pizzagate. And you had a closet, these people don't. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, that does not fit my picture of, like, NBC comedy as a, like, as its values appear to be. Like... Yeah, I'd love to see the demographic data that's driving those conversations. And, like, is it two separate, like decision-making bodies that, like, live independently, like, the drama people and the comedy people. <laughs> like, how Netflix has, like, seven different people right. with light power. Right. Like, is that what's happening? Because I just don't understand. <laughs> Unless it's, like, a weight-counterweight kind of thing. But, like, I guess. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know. Are all the dramas like this? I don't know. I'm, like, making... Coming to a lot of conclusions based on two, but... Well, I don't know about NBC, but there are a lot of other network dramas right now that are, like... Like, military shows have definitely blown up. Yep. And shows that are otherwise of this moment have also, like, blown up, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's just, like... A little unfortunate, because I feel like I think of NBC as, like, a safe space for a lot of, like, good comedy and, like, good storytelling that's like, oh, maybe not. No. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Definitely not. No. But, I don't know, maybe some of that has to do with, like, the shift in the comedy landscape in general. Like, I feel like comedy as a genre right now on television is starting to take over some of the spaces left in drama. Okay. Like a catastrophe and a year of the worst and stuff? Like, Yeah, like that. Um, I also think just in general, like, the way that um, Jane the Virgin and uh, The Good Place and other shows like them are sort of dealing with, like, big existential questions and but, like, mm-hmm. trying to do it from a positive framework. Mm-hmm. And that just hasn't been comedy's role, generally. Yeah. You know, grappling with, like, the big questions in life. Right. So, I don't, like, maybe... I don't know. I don't know that that thought has a natural conclusion. <laughs> That's fair. It is interesting, though, now that you say it out loud. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a lot of, like, network dramas doing the drama equivalent of what NBC comedy is doing, right? Right. Like, all the dramas are bad <laughs> and scary. What, and, would like, be, what would be, like, an equivalent? In the drama space? Yeah, in maybe not modern day. All I'm coming up with is Everwood, but that's a teen drama, so that's, like, a whole different ball of wax. <laughs> Everwood is so pure. <laughs> Everything is Everwood. <laughs> Everything. Ah, uh, that's a great question. I would ar- argue that part of Jane the Virgin is a little bit drama-esque. Jane the Virgin is just doing the most at They're all times. They're just doing a lot. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what a question. Well, like, Grey's Anatomy in its time was, like, okay. doing a good job of the things that it does for a network drama. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know that it still does. It's, like, gotten pretty deep, and it's, like, 7,000th season, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so is your issue, like, quality, or are you referring to, like... No, like, the types of stories that they're putting like, out there. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like, general niceness. <sighs> yeah. These just made me feel gross. <laughs> they feel very, very, very icky. Yeah. I felt like they were both very icky. I really felt icky watching Manifest right now. <laughs> it's really like one step that. away from a Pizzagate subreddit. Is it like how I didn't want to watch House of Cards anymore because it made me feel so gross? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just hard right now to to have things like this fictionalized because I think in some ways it adds credibility. Yeah. It, like, the line between fiction and reality is so thin at any given time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like, I feel like it's a network's responsibility <laughs> in some way <laughs> to look at the current moment and be like, are we helping or are we hurting? I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> Because you're giving me a platform. Oh, no. A show that's really helping in this world in the year of our Lord 2019 is Schitt's Creek. (laughs) And I mean that very seriously. And also because I'm just trying to get Kirstie to watch it. I didn't say I wouldn't watch it. But it's, like, important. Okay, I'll get around to it. I'm trying not to, like, spoil and tell you why I think it's important, and it's really hard. I'm sure I'll think it's important, too. I know, but that's why I want you to do it sooner rather than later. But that's part of the whole thing now that's, like, factored into the calculus, is now I'm assuming I am going to want to yell about it, and I'm still discovering my Everwood feelings. I know. Those are important, too. I know. Everything is Everwood. Everything is Everwood. I waited, like, my whole life for this moment, and I'm squandering it being like, you have to watch Shit's Creek. Yeah, exactly. You I know. so I much understand. you could be reveling in right now. I understand. Although I suppose the counter-argument is, like, you could have so much that you could be reveling in right now if I would just fucking watch right. Shit's Creek. Fine, I made the argument for you. Are you happy? I'm just happy you're watching content, truly. Getting there. I can't complain about that. <laughs> And you calling treat, <laughs> treat a treat, treat, treat Williams. Kirsty out of the fucking blue goes treat Williams as a fucking snack, and I lost my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a sixty-five-year-old man. Oh my god, he I wasn't never when Everwood came out. I know, like you're not wrong. I'm just looking him up to see how he's doing these days. Me too. Oh, oh my. Oh my oh, god. Oh my. <laughs> Don't do that. He's Don't. 67 years old. Don't do that. Look oh, at Tree him. Williams. He did not age well. What he's happened fine. to you, Treat? Time is coming for all of us. Ugh. That's so tough. What is this? But he was a snack. He was a snack. It's a fucking treat. Treat uh-huh. Williams. Does anyone know if that's his, like, God-given name or if that was, like, a stage name? Well, people also ask, is Treat Williams his real name, according to Google? <laughs> Robert Treat Williams. Treat. <laughs> treat. He has a child named Gil, so. Oh, you know, I bet that was really awkward when he entered the Actors Guild, because there would have already been other, yeah. Hmm. Then he had to be fucking treat. What is happening? I'm sending you another snap. (laughs) Oh, no. Treat Williams. Oh. You want to talk about some wigs? Oh, no. This is a wig that someone did to treat Williams. (laughs) Oh, wow. He was hot when he was young. But why is someone cutting his hair? Oh, no. But he was hot. Treat Williams hanging out with (laughs) J-Lo. Why was he hot? 
I'm having a lot of confused feelings. Oh my god. Oh no. Look at Treat Williams' hair. <laughs> I'm so scared. Wow. This picture is titled, One German Poster, oh. Treat Williams and Shirtless Hair. Oh my god. Oh my god. There are also a lot of pictures of Treat Williams wearing barn coats and Land's End chic yeah. when he is not on the set of <laughs> Correct. Everett. So I <laughs> that's think like... that's maybe just his natural state of being. Wait, 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 wait. I'm having an emergency. <laughs> I'm having an emergency! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm slacking you something <laughs> Oh no. Oh no! Oh my god! Red alert! Red alert, everybody! Oh no! Oh my god! Oh no! Guys! Oh no! Wow, this is really big! Oh no! This is big stuff! This is breaking news! Breaking news here on Hey Watch with us! Holy moly. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> Tree Williams is credited in a film made by Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And that film is titled Rocky Mountain Christmas. Rocky Mountain Christmas. It came full circle, fuckers. Holy shit, we're in that same fucking barn coat. He's still wearing the barn coat. Oh my god. I, hold, I'm... Oh my god. I'm desperately trying to find a synopsis. (laughs) If you go to the about tab. Well, I'm on my phone, there's no tab. Uh Oh. Sarah Davis heads to her uncle's struggling ranch to escape New York and the spotlight from a recent breakup. Returning home for the first time since her aunt passed, complications arise when Graham, an entitled Hollywood star, arrives at the ranch to prepare for his next film. As Sarah and Graham start to bond, Sarah may get more for Christmas than she bargained for. This is all I've ever wanted. (laughs) Oh no. Oh, y'all thought I was just on the fucking nose when I said Everwood was the template of a Hallmark movie? Oh, no! (laughs) I didn't realize it's lurking in the background of the cover art. Uh Uh-huh. In his barn coat. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) I can't. I can't recover. Oh my god. Oh. You guys no. had no fucking idea what you were signing up for when you downloaded this episode. I didn't know either, to be honest. What a plot twist. Wow, wow, wow. Sorry to all of you, but I'm also No, not no sorry. apologies. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is our brand. You know what it was, Kelsey? <laughs> what? That discovery? What? Lean into the mic, I'll tell you. (laughs) It was a treat. Signature treats that we've provided over the years, you can find our website, heywatchwithus.com. Oh my god, we're part of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. If you want to listen to something that isn't people Googling 
pictures of Treat Williams. <laughs> you can find things over there. <laughs> um, they're on Twitter at ThoughtBubbleFM, ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. They have a bunch of shows wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm like full on crying. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Thank okay. you for the greatest treat of all for listening to this show. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Okay. 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 <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>